who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. My name is Jenny Owen-Youngs. And I'm Kristen Russo. And together we spent six years watching every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, one at a time, podcasting about each and every one. Our podcast is spoiler-free, so first-time viewers can listen along safely. Ever thought to yourself, I wish someone was brave enough to write an original song for every single episode of Buffy? Your search is at an end, my friend, because we did exactly that. Our podcast is called Buffering the Vampire Slayer, and you can learn more about it at bufferingcast.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. I got, I got a fun way to start this. I don't think I do. It's already started, mate. How's it? Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi. How's it going, Dale? I'm all right. Can you refer to me as Double O Dale from now on, please? Mm. Oh, someone's someone's uh, jumped into the running order ahead of time. <laughs> oh, Joe Scrabbles, how are you? I'm quite all right, thank you. Well, this is quite a quite a, a low energy podcast, but maybe it's not low energy. It's relaxed. Yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't mean low edge yet in a, in a pejorative way. It's because it's I mean, been, in, I know it's not today, but it's because it's been summertime weather. I'm just in the, it has, I'm tired. In, I feel like a pina colada. And I don't mean <laughs> I just, want one, I mean yeah, I feel like you, one. You feel like one. I am Those actually a pina colada. F- few degrees do kind of tie you out a bit more, don't they? Oh, my, um, my. Yeah, they do. Then it's harder to sleep. It really is a vicious cycle. Crack um, a window open, mate. You'll be get right. a big John Lewis two fan. windows open. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to get the fan out of the loft, actually. I do need to do I, that. I bought, last year I bought a, a fan from John Lewis that I res- respect greatly. It does great work for me. Um, <laughs> but I accidentally bought the larger size and it's fucking enormous. It looks like a PS5, uh, except like <clears throat> three times as big. It's is insane. It a tower fan or is it like a traditional round Let me fan? show you it. Right <laughs> yeah, please do. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah, it's a tower oh, it's one. A yeah, tower tower one. Yeah. I've got one like that. They're good. I love it. Oh. Very nice. Um, you briefly mentioned it earlier, Dale, with the Double O Dale reference, because um, all three of us, men in our thirties, all three of us, actually, yeah, we're all in, in our thirties. Definitely got up, uh, yeah, different ends of the scale, some of us, but all, all, all in our thirties. Um, yeah, all got up and before eleven a.m. watched uh, the new Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. <laughs> I will say I haven't finished it because. 
I've got work to do. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. But uh, unlike you two, fucking... I, I watched on my lunch. I finished watching that thing <laughs> on my lunch. I, interesting, I the hour-long lunch break with an hour-and-a-half film. That's, uh, yeah, I might know, have extended lunch by Tad, but I'm working late tonight, so it's like, well, get off my back, boss. Jesus. <laughs> I, I was... I'm just I trying was turning, to get it right. <laughs> I was editing a script into an article version, saying I can half do that whilst watching uh, Chip and Dale have a laugh. Oh, um, half the work. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, Look, I'm also completely ignoring the fact that I've watched an hour of it while I've worked. <laughs> um, it's, uh, I, yeah. I, the reason we all watched it yeah. is because, and we won't spoil it, but we saw a, we saw news of a cameo that appears in it that none of us were expecting and all of Ooh. us suddenly went, oh, maybe we need to watch that <laughs> immediately. <laughs> It's, it's not- only ten minutes in. I mean, could we yeah. sp- like could we, if we told people now, like you know, if you really care, this is yes. the minorist of cameo spoilers. It's a wow. tiny cameo. It's spoiler. a you know, it is a character quite well, a significant a, character in the film. Yeah, but the the fact they're in there is you know not going to spoil no, the no, film. No, no, no. Um, but if you really don't know about this cameo in the first ten minutes of the new Chippendale Rescue <laughs> Rangers, film. I think this is good practice. All right, don't laugh. I yeah. like looking um, after our our lovely <laughs> listeners. Then I don't know what we do here. Just uh, skip forward ten seconds. We're going to keep it to ten second chat from Wait, now. Wait, no, we want more time to talk One about minute, this. No, ten seconds. seconds. Look, sixty seconds on 60 this one cameo. Yeah, you've got to go okay. fast, Simon. Okay, Sorry. sixty seconds from now. Um, we got to go fast because uh, <laughs> um, Sonic's in the film. Ugly, Ugly but not Sonic. just any Sonic. Not just any Sonic. <laughs> Um, and voiced by one of your favourites, Joe. Tim Robinson. Yeah, yeah, he's playing the Sonic that got deleted from the Sonic the Hedgehog <laughs> movie. Uh, I don't know how this was put together. I don't know who gave permission for it to happen. I think it's fucking amazing. It's there such is, a good joke. There is some very good jokes at its expense. Also, in, in this world, um, like, it's... The idea is that these creatures, like, they grow older as well. Mm. This has only been, like, what, two or three years or something since yeah. he's already got a massive gut on the game. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I love it. It's so it, funny. It's definitely unexpected. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of cameos in this mm. film, but that one was one where you just thought, I just thought I was never going to see that guy again. <laughs> yeah. It's great. And unfortunately, we are coming up to three seconds now in the minute, and we'll never speak of that again. You are free if you really wanted to avoid that little spoiler from the Jim and Earl. You're such um, disdain for people wanting to enjoy things sight unseen. You discuss no, it. No, you're no, part no. of the problem. <laughs> I'm, I, I am as stringent on anyone on plot spoilers. I don't consider that a plot spoiler. Nah. Oh, um, it would be for me. Honestly, I feel like I'm not going to say it, but I feel like they should have put a teaser of that in the trailer because I feel like they may- maybe, no, maybe, maybe word of mouth will get around so much. Maybe, yeah, the release they buzz. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's working. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, should we talk about the film in general? Because um, I kind of last few weeks, few months, this film kept popping up. I think the first trailer, I was like, "Oh, this is interesting." They're doing Roger Rabbit with Chip and Dale, mm. which turns out is kind of what they're doing yeah. with the film. And then the more of I saw of it, I was like, oh, "Am I actually going to enjoy this? Is, this? is this just a big like cynical ball of brands colliding?" But then I watched the actual film. And the, do you know what? I actually think they nailed the tone of this mm. almost perfectly. I think there were a couple of times where I was like, oh, "Am I being? Am I being absolutely had here? <laughs> like, <laughs> am I falling for it?" But no, I th- I'm actually. I'm going to put my flag down, and I trust the Lonely Island guys who had a big part yeah. in this to, yeah, 
take the right tone bit, and I think they did it. I'm going to talk about tone as if this is some sort of real, like, Oscar-worthy drama. <laughs> I, I, I think there's some really, like, clever ideas with that Roger Rabbit formula in there as well, mm-hmm. like, some unique approaches to it. And, like, it definitely is. Like, I would say the last half an hour especially is definitely, like, wall-to-wall. Here is some references to cartoons mm. and animation from the past. And it's like every scene is like, get another one and get another one in as quickly as possible. So yeah. cynical maybe from that, a little bit from that aspect. But it is, I found it to be like a really enjoyable, like easy it's to watch just really film. Fun. And yeah, again, I've been saying this a lot recently, only an hour and a half long, which Bonus. is an absolute delight. Um, yeah. It's in the trailers. One of my favourite um, sections of the film is when they visit Uncanny Valley. Yes, very good. You've yeah. both probably seen that bit. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, um, I just, I, I enjoy it, the part Seth Rogen has to play in this film. Um, there's a couple of great moments with him later on as well. Yeah. Which are, are very good. It's just a very good cast. You've got uh, Andy Sandberg and John Mullaney, isn't it, who are playing mm-hmm. Chip and Dale. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, you've got like Will Arnett, Seth Rogen, Tim Robinson. You've just got everyone from that kind of gang of people you'd expect. It's um, there's a moment with Keegan Michael Key in it as well with his character (laughs) that like that was the one time during this film I think it's very fun and it was more like amusing rather than funny but uh, there was one moment with him that made me uproariously like laugh out loud it was so good right (laughs) I think it's I just think it's like I I said this to Cardi like it's having its cake and eating it in as much as it's a big satire of the fact that Hollywood these days wants everything to cross over or be yeah. remade mm. or be rebooted in new ways. But it's also doing that to a, at a higher, like, <laughs> crossover per minute count than any movie probably that has ever existed. Like, yeah. every single shot has a reference to something else. The number of uh, fucking pity the poor lawyers who had to work on this movie. I know, right? Because the number of licensing deals they must have done to get this to work. Because so much of this is not Disney property. I can say a lot of it feels like it fall into parody law. Like, I mean, they kind of talk about that sort of stuff. But when we're talking about, uh, like, clips of Batman oh, from yeah. things. <laughs> like, <That's> mm. <laughs> like they're going to their direct rivals and being like, can we use this stuff? And uh, it's it's really quite amazing the amount of stuff what? they've packed in here is it have you guys got a favorite particular like background joke like a poster uh, or something in the background? I, so the, part of the plot revolves around um characters being bootlegged which feels a bit like disney <laughs> kind of going like stop copying us but there's one particular thing where they show a bootleg version like the idea is kind of like asylum like people who re you know like sharknado type yeah. Uh, remakes of stuff like they did transmorphers and that kind of stuff um and one of the background ones is just um uh i think it's beauty and the beast and it's called beauty and the cursed dog man and so, <laughs> yeah. like i just really liked all those bootleg movie names they're really um, good fun my favorite one you might not have seen it yet joe so you're getting spoiled for it but it's a poster in the background that just says lego miserable Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. good. <laughs> I, I did enjoy just seeing a brick man walking around. Like the <laughs> it's just so it's just so enjoyable. And it does like obviously we're talking about it's like this sort of like adventure detective sort of crime story set in a cartoon meets human world. So there's obvious Roger Rabbit comparisons. Yeah. I will say it's not as good as Roger Rabbit, but I will say it's still very fun. Like if you're a, if you're a kid, no, I'm not a kid. I enjoyed it. Like I, I imagine this will be very fun for a lot of people. I think you have to have. I mean, 
unless you really are do think it's like purely a cynical venture which i don't believe it is at all like i think you'd have to have like a heart of stone to not find something enjoyable in this yeah, yeah I, I mean, mean was, but, sorry go on joe i, I was just gonna say like it, it is that thing of like the kids will have fun because it's just a silly story and i i do i do genuinely think there's it obviously doesn't get close to like roger rabbit's actual quite shady weirdness mm. but there is enough in here where you're like that's actually quite quite dark for a disney kids film um and i like and that works for the kids but i think for people like us it just does have enough like well thought out references like not just including for the sake of it necessarily but like that feels like a joke that someone's really thought through and this is the right character to put in that moment and you can really like obviously i mean if you've listened to me talk enough you know i'm a massive andy sandberg fan like I just like having a film where Andy Samberg makes stupid voices, does a little rap, and kind of clearly has his fingerprints mm-hmm. on like yeah. some of the comedy in there. Like it gets into that kind of sweetly absurd stuff that he does really well. It's also like you said about the detective story. So it, it, it is a rescue rangers story as well. Yeah, yeah. Degree. It doesn't veer a million mile, even though it's all these other things, it doesn't veer a million mile away from the core. What is Chip and Dale story? Yeah. To the point um, where they're, they're referencing their own episodes in places like yeah. even i looked up whether th- there's the, the a key point is like one of them goes and does a movie called double o dale um and that's what contributes to the downfall of the rescue rangers tv show because have we properly explained like they are pitched as actors in a real yes. world oh, where yeah. they so, played yeah, the characters in rescue they rangers. played themselves but um is it chip or da- it's chip who gets the cgi surgery right no, no it's dale 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 yeah. dale, yeah. dale. God, they look they look very similar um, <laughs> dale wears the hawaiian uh, shirt and chip wears the, yeah. the the old trilby hat there you go done yeah but they don't all the time in this <laughs> one do they that's the, that's the that's the thing it all switched around i was never a big um chip and dale like nah. fan as a kid i didn't watch it a lot dale was it in your i imagine like was it unavoidable for you yeah was it the one i mean i'm also you had I'm also that age range where it was, you know, something that I watched. I knew the theme tune mm. quite well, but yes. And you were named after him. So. Yes, I did get some, uh, yeah, some abuse. <laughs> in, in <laughs> abuse? <laughs> what sort of abuse? On the play, well, people getting? singing, asking me, where's Chip? All the time, pretty much. <laughs> so, yeah. It's walking down the street. Where's not Chip? Not down in the play, in the school playground I'm talking about, not down the street. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like to think people are just shouting at you down the street. You should, uh, should have worn that Hawaiian shirt less. Is that, is that, that's Chip and it. I've got it wrong again. No, that is Dale. You're right. That is Dale. I don't know. I enjoyed this film. <laughs> did you film. watch that's this film, I'm... mate? It feels like you didn't watch I the did. film. I <laughs> did. I did. Well, I half watched it because I was working. Oh, it's what we've crucially, yeah. um, but no, I did, I did really enjoy it. It's not a film I'm going to, you know, watch over and over again, but, um, I do kind of want to watch certain scenes again just to see all the like bizarre mm. characters they managed to cram in. There's a lot. Um, yeah, yeah I don't know. Just one thing um, I didn't I hadn't watched any trailers for this because I was like it didn't seem sound interesting to me at all I didn't really know what it was mm. um, but I had seen images of uh, Chippendale one of them being uh, like a 2D um, drawing and one of yeah. them being a 3D animation and my initial instincts was this was going to be another like multiverse movie mm. I'm so glad it's not that yeah it's I'm just sick of it's it. just a world where everything happens to exist in one place that's i think that's mm. a nice way to deal with that stuff i like i really enjoyed their little house i thought that was very cute i yeah. i liked the little house and the giant dog within that was good stuff yes. um yeah uh also uh there's one really good joke about um 
like walking down Main Street, which I think is one of the main streets from the theme park, like the Disney theme yeah, park. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and Dale is naming like all these like wholesome cartoon <laughs> characters and their like shady side hustles. Like there's quite a big, uh, like, uh, drug smuggling underpinning <laughs> all of this, except the drugs is stinky cheese. Yeah. Um, and so they're going down and, uh, one person uh, is involved in Muppet fights, which is <laughs> such a weird, excellent image. I would love to watch Muppet fights. Um, oh, it's, it's, it's a fun it's movie. So good. It's a really fun yeah, movie. I, I really enjoyed it. It was a great way to spend a Friday morning, as well, I would say. Why well, are you supposed yeah. to be working? While working. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And work, crucially, I was working. Um, but yeah, check it out if you haven't, because uh, it might surprise you. You never know. Um, another thing that might surprise you is that uh, I got a good look at the new Saints Row game. That's not the thing that will surprise you, that I got a look at that. The thing that might surprise you is, do you know what? It actually looks quite fun. I feel like um, the initial reveal of this game didn't go to plan. People instantly went, this isn't Saints Row, this isn't what we want. It looks old, but not in a good way. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've uh, got a chance to see about 45 minutes, roughly, of gameplay. And it's nothing groundbreaking. But do you know what? It made me... No, it doesn't. No. It made me, yeah, it made me happy to see it. It looked like a fun throwback to when you'd get these games more often and when like a B tier, you know, I say B tier not too negatively because, you know, when I'm talking A tier, I'm talking like Red Dead Redemption 2 level quality yeah. of open world. Like B tier, like urban, open world, playful sandbox games that you just don't get as often anymore. And this, I think, is exactly what you're going to get from this game. Yeah. yeah. I, not, not to get too far off, off track from Saints Row, but... It no. is. It feels like yet another lesson in people announcing stuff really early with a teaser and like alpha game mm. footage just to say it exists. When actually, it just gives you a bad or wrong first impression of something. Mm. Like people really need to start. I know pandemic and businesses, you know, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but it just feels like from a pure like, how do you introduce your game to your fans type thing? Mm. People really need to start thinking a bit more about that because exactly. it's kind of wild. And that initial reveal, yeah, just didn't really do it justice, even like the timing and just the content of it, because it made it look so much more po-faced yeah. than Saints Row ever should be. Whereas from what I've seen, it's still as like wacky as it ever was. Like the, the amount of different weapons and stuff in this game that like you have an American football that you can just throw as like a sticky bomb that sticks onto people and cars, then spirals into the air, then it explodes. You have like foam finger guns that fire bullets <laughs> out of them. Like there's all sorts going on. With that first trailer, do you think, I'm, I, I imagine some people out there, conspiracy theorists style will be like, well, they've changed the tone since the reaction, but there's no way they've done that because it wasn't that long ago. Like, I, no. I just feel they just cut the wrong type of trailer for it. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe, you know, I doubt we'll ever hear it, but maybe they'd admit, yeah, that was a mistake. Like, mm. But um, this game's I mean, it's out in August. It's not out um, too far away. And, yeah, I'm encouraged. I would kind of, yeah, it made me, like, remember those days, like, 10, 15 years ago, when you did play these games more often, and you can just muck around. Like, it's probably, like, if I'd say it now, like, it's probably just a very fun 7 out of 10 game, but sometimes there's nothing wrong with just switching yeah. off your brain to something like that and just having fun and not really having to concentrate too much. And, like, the amount of customization they've got on offer is absolutely ridiculous from what I've seen. Like, yeah. you can... And the fact that on the fly you can just change completely what your character looks like from, like, a whole series of different looks, like... Yeah, I'm just, I'm just into it. Just looks, it just looks fun. From your footage on your video, uh, that you made about it, Cody, which is very good. Mm. Um, that I got very excited with the ejector seat 
and going into a wingsuit yes. stuff without being in the just cause world which i find pretty boring to be fair yeah well that's like it's what um as i said in my previous like what those games used to do is just go like shamelessly just go oh that's cool from that game let's just bung it in hours and it'll be fun like you can eject you can uh buy for your car eject to seats like you said that then you can when you've ejected into the air t- fly out into a wingsuit fly around the world you can then use other people in the world like, you know like um in the spider-man games like if you do the web slap i think it's if you're holding like l1 and r at the same time you can kind of do the launch off of things mm-hmm. you can dive down and launch further into there you can do that with the wingsuit off of humans heads in this. <laughs> and you basically use them to propel yourself back up into the air oh. um how human would you be if someone did that to you? <laughs> in real life probably, probably knock you dead. out as well yeah, yeah probably yeah, <laughs> yeah i might die um and then yeah you can just fly around on the wingsuit and then yeah just hijack another car from the air like you're playing just cause yeah. and also the driving like it's been so long since I've seen like burnout style like takedowns where you just like slop swides uh, side swipe into other cars and just take them out into like burning flame. Like yeah. it just I don't know, it just made me feel quite comfy. It, it all felt quite comfy. Obviously I haven't actually got to play it yet, so I don't know how mm. it actually feels to play, but I don't know. I don't know if you can go too far wrong with that formula. Maybe I'll eat my words in a few months and it's atrocious, but I just I just don't have that feeling. No, and it definitely feels like from what little we've seen of it, they've taken a step back from how insane Saints Row 4 was, had gotten. Mm. Whereas, like, Saints Row 3 was, like, the perfect sort of level for me. Yeah. Um, and it maybe feels like they've, like, pulled back a little bit on that as well, but still keeping that wackiness alive. Yeah, the director said to me, yeah, tonally it's in between two and three. So, yeah. not quite, because the original first two Saints Row actually got quite dark in places. Mm. They weren't just, like, like, crazy all over the place, like, madness. And, yeah, three definitely went in that direction. So it's like you're getting a good mix this time. The vibe, I, remember, I know this will split people because I know some people aren't a fan of the vibe of this game, but I, I like it a lot. Is I did get a bit of Watch Dogs 2 out of it, the way your characters mm. kind of interact with each other and the colours of the world. I got a bit of that kind of mixed with, yeah, a mix of almost like a little bit of Sunset Overdrive. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's hard to know at this point because I still have only seen 45 minutes of it. But yeah, seeing as what, between now and the end of the year really there's not that many games <laughs> coming like big games coming out like this might be a surprise little sleeper hit that people uh, up until now didn't really have on their radar but i'm excited because god knows when we're getting a new gta but i'd love one <laughs> i'm excited to play it exactly looks good fun um i know we talked about it last week but i think it just requires repeating that top gun maverick is an absolutely excellent film and joe you've now had the pleasure of seeing it too it's it's the best film i've watched this year so far it's so good uh and we won't stick on it for too long because we know we talked about it last last week but i just want to express how fucking fun this film is i watched it with friends of the podcast krupa and gav and at one point i literally was leaning over to krupa and just saying i am having an amazing time (laughs) (laughs) like it's it is such a like it, it somehow balances being totally self-serious with knowing that almost every line in it is complete bullshit mm. and like and then matches it with just amazing flight scenes it knows exactly when to get people back into the planes it has it is it's just an improved version of top gun like where top gun is a big series of skits that's basically mm. like two dogfights and a sports movie in between. Like yeah. this one actually has a a good through line, like a fun sort of action movie premise built in, 
like real stakes good like emotional beats um the you know the introdu- introduction of goose's kid rooster with miles teller looking exactly like fucking <laughs> dr mark green from er who i found out goose was uh <laughs> like he's just such a good addition to it i'm not always a massive fan of miles teller but i think he's brilliant in this um mm-hmm. I just like just an amazing time. Like it's just like wall to wall good fun. It's so good. You can see why they waited over two years for people oh. to see this in cinemas because yeah. it 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 so deserves to be seen in cinemas. Like people talk a lot about how much they've spent filming this, like shooting like ninety nine percent of the flying stuff practically without CGI, and it 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 isn't just hollow words. It pays off so much. Like oh, yeah. it's out next week. I can't encourage people enough to see this at the cinema um yeah cardi last week said uh watch it on the biggest screen you can watch it on the biggest sound system you can like we watched Mm. it in an imax and it was fucking shaking my chair all the way through (laughs) and it was brilliant like who needs 4dx just get a big sound system to blow your ass off your chair every six minutes (laughs) it's great um, get that on the poster this will blow your ass off yeah uh <laughs> I, it's just so good i loved it yeah. um and i, I know, know that we're it. gonna get some backlash about how it's like 80s cheese or whatever i don't give a shit it's incredible oh, it's so 80s good. cheese is amazing there's oh. a reason those films are so good um i know you've not actually seen the original top gun have you Dale? no sorry are you but are <laughs> you are you excited to see the new one? are you gonna actually watch the original um uh, Probably not, if I'm being completely honest. Ugh. But also, I just... Mm. So, Cardi has a very good feature that's going live next week mm. um, on Cinefix, who's also part of our company, if you don't know. And um, I just watched that, and I found it, like, really interesting, and I really liked seeing it. So there was a part of me where I think, maybe maybe I should watch this. Um, if, I, I So I watched it on the morning of going to watch Top Gun Maverick, because I hadn't seen it in a bro- <laughs> probably a decade. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you are... Rem- like. It's big swathes of that film that are quite shit, but okay. the good bits are so good. Right, um, yeah, and like, but I, I truly don't think you need to know too much. Like the emotional stuff won't hit you as much in Top Gun Maverick, but honestly, if it hasn't been a part of your life since you were a kid anyway, mm. it probably won't matter. Oh, I don't know. I feel like even if you haven't seen the Top Gun, like the end of that film could have made me ball. Um, right, just yeah, for clarification as well, I've seen Hot Shots, so I know <laughs> what the story of Top Gun is. <laughs> okay, yeah. uh, maybe, yeah. Um, yeah, whereas like the original Top Gun is like a very enjoyable 7 out of 10, I'd say. This is like a full on like 9 out of 10, like properly good film. Like, yeah. My conundrum, if you like Mission Impossible, you'll like this. My is conundrum is I need to go to the cinema to see everything everywhere all at once first. Oh, yes, you do. Mm. I need to do that first because it's probably going to have a very limited run, I imagine. So then maybe I'll look at Top yes. Gun afterwards. Those are the two best films of the year so far, as certified by me. Um, <laughs> Joe, you've also been doing something else that we spoke about on the podcast a while ago. Uh, yeah, playing, I'm playing Tunic because I finished Elden oh. Ring finally and I thought, oh, I'll play this game. Um, I'm slight, slight, <laughs> it, slightly, it looks cute. slightly confused <laughs> by how much people loved this game. Ooh. I have to admit. Um, we go. I um, will fall into the same category as you but i feel like we also both fell i find it very similar to death store which i feel like we also felt the same way about yeah i think this is cleverer than death store um Mm -hmm. i'm not sure i actually think it's good for that necessarily in places like so death store death store's combat is 
head and shoulders better than tunics and i think that's my biggest problem is anytime i run into a combat challenge in tunic i stop having fun but it's Mm. not the boss battles are not good its approach to giving you consumable items is so stingy to the point that they are basically useless like it's trying to do a dark souls thing of giving you stuff that you can only use when you have it like you don't have infinite resources but the problem is that Dark Souls or, you know, the Souls games give you enough to make those things or go and get them. And yeah. collecting coins in this is such a grind that you never, ever want to waste them on consumable items. Mm-hmm. So it just leads to this situation where you're just going into the battle and going like, well, I'll try twice and use all my shit up. And then I'm stuck with all my basic gear and I just have mm. to grind through it. It just bugs me every time I get to it. I'm just like, this isn't, this yeah, isn't. I, I don't. I, it's, it's not a bad game by no. any means, but I don't quite get the the buzz like the almost like some people saying this is game of the year. But I don't quite understand no that, way. especially. And it was always gonna. Cause I think we were both in a similar situation. Always gonna be the case of after Elden Ring, oh, the next game you play it, is gonna pale in it comparison. It suffers by comparison for sure. But I will say, I, I think the in, the instruction manual stuff. So if you haven't heard about it, basically you collect pages from an old school instruction manual throughout, which is effectively mm. your hint system to get through the game. And it's That's like. Cool. It's beautifully illustrated, and it's it's like this kind of giant, like, macro-level puzzle over the entire game that you're getting, like, page five, and then you find page seven, and it purposely doesn't give you the ones in between until later, so you find out stuff after the fact. Which means that you can kind of work out mechanics by accident, then get the hints mm. later and feel like a genius for working them out. Mm-hmm. And so it does yeah. some really, really smart stuff with... And this is this is kind of why it bugs me that the combat's annoying, because... The exploration and the puzzle element is so cool and so different that every time I hit a roadblock, I'm like, "Well, fuck you!" I was enjoying this game ten minutes ago, <laughs> like, uh, yeah. and that's where that's where I kind of fall down on it. Like, like you say, it's not a bad game. It's just it's lopsided. Like, there's something really yeah. odd about it to me. And there's how some games it does. There's there's a very good game in there. Yeah, like you said, it's just hampered by other bits of it i think i can't but, decide whether i'm going to get into the language translation stuff as well so it has a whole hidden mm. language that i imagine at some point you start well i mean there's definitely like keywords or key phrases in there that you could start working out early on if you were so inclined and yeah. as i've said on this podcast before i got obsessed with heaven's vault which was a game half of that game is about mm. cons- you like working out a real fake language if that makes sense like a working fake language mm-hmm. um but I don't think I'm as excited to do that in this as I've I was in that. Later in Tunic as well, some of the puzzles get very complicated mm. and very obtuse as well. Which, um, yeah, I would normally be into. But like you said, I don't know if I can be. I haven't revisited it in a while. I don't know if I can be bothered to get that far. Sadly, it but... reminds me of Fez, a game mm. that was almost too smart for me to fully enjoy, <laughs> uh, and like. If you're the kind of person who is smart enough to deal with those things, like all power to you, I think that is that's the level of the game that they wanted people mm. to hit. Whereas I yeah. think me being like little base level boy uh, <laughs> and just wanting to have a bit of sword fighting and picking up instruction manuals and looking pretty pictures, maybe it just doesn't quite hit those notes for me without me going to the next level of like obsession with it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to be. I don't like being a downer. But I gotta be real, no. baby. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta tell you what I think. Um, it's uh, yeah. It's 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 an okay. It's an okay game. Um, there we go. Yeah, glowing, glowing stuff. Glowing there. okay. Yeah, there we go. Not everything can be fantastic. Everything else is, you know, good. Um, 
but you know here's the end of search which is also sometimes fantastic inside it's a uk agn crew yeah, 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 on the ones and twos We got the games gonna play for you Inside, I got question for you Hold up the DJ, we're coming through Yeah, yeah, on the ones and twos We got the games gonna play for you Inside, I got question for you Is it in the search? God, I am not with it completely today I don't know if you can tell I'm a bit all over the place But um, let's do an end the search, shall we? After, like, we briefly on last week's podcast Um said we might not be doing this every week suffered i'm not going to say backlash because that sounds uh, a bit more vitriolic than it was but um people saying please don't get rid of it so do you know what we won't because i also didn't receive any replies of anyone going yes please get rid of it so i think people <laughs> want people it more than they listening don't. 50 episodes <laughs> well that's their loss <laughs> mm. do you know what we're going to play the same game we played for the last two weeks yes. because i've been enjoying it so much if you mm. don't remember what that game is these are one star reviews from users on imdb of genuinely generally considered good films you'd say um and people have some some weird things they like to write about oh, yeah. <laughs> films that are actually quite good um the clues there's five clues for each of the films and there's five films you get five points to get it on the first and one if you get it on the fifth clue i have come up with these myself whilst watching uh chippendale rescue rangers yeah i didn't uh i might not remember who which one's chip and which one's dale but i do have some b- banging uh clues here from people's I've, quite funny reviews i've got to say i'm really jealous that you're hosting this because when i did it a couple of weeks ago i had so much fun just reading these reviews out yeah <laughs> it's really fun just reading people's warped minds <laughs> um and i'm reading out all of these even if you get them after one on everyone because some, <laughs> some of them are just very funny <laughs> right so here's the uh first excerpt from a one-star review from uh the first film i rented the film because the fact that it is number nine on the imdb <sighs> top 250 list and my friend highly recommended the film so I watched it last night. I couldn't believe my eye. What a piece, what a piece of garbage filmmaking this is. The whole film is mostly consist of boring and cheesy dialogue in which have at least a million F word in it. Oh, that's changed Forrest? what I think it is. No. I was going to say Forrest Gump, but I know it's not that. I'm just trying to think of top He's 10. He's always I'm... effing. He's always effing in Jeff <laughs> and like... Forrest Gump. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Pulp Fiction. Oh. It bloody is. Oh my yeah. God. It's got it after one. I what? tried to make these not too easy. <laughs> I was thinking of what I, once he said it. I an, shouldn't have put million the F word or whatever. Yeah, then yeah I, thought, I should. I should have left that bit out. That's Quento, isn't it? It's, it is a really hard balance on these of finding clues that give you something but don't give it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's five points to Joe. Let me actually yeah, keep a, a tally of this. Uh, there we go, Joe five points there's still plenty of time the other clues for this were uh one review i thought the reels were in the wrong order how anyone would think this weird disaster had any redeeming qualities is beyond me where is the storyline where is the continuity honestly i, <laughs> um, I feel kind of similarly um oh, mate, the reels as well as like if i speak film uh, lingo they'll get it <laughs> The third one. <laughs> I personally find this film to be a milepost on the decline of American society. What? Okay, I wouldn't go. I don't <laughs> like Pulp Fiction, but I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> this, this, this is a film in which paid murderers are our heroes who endear themselves to us with witty banter between their bloody exploits. Sorry, has this exploits. person literally never watched a western? I know, right? <laughs> I don't know. 
What can you say about someone who views human life so cheaply? What can you say about someone who finds such spectacle to be entertainment? <laughs> Films out for you, uh, mate. I know. I uh, the next one. And I like I said, I'm reading all these out because they're funny and this is what this game is. Not a challenge, it's funny. Uh, the next one starts off with, golly, everyone is falling all over themselves about this one. Wait, Why, wait, please? When was this <laughs> I golly. don't know. We think start off with golly. Well, everyone's falling it's- over themselves. <laughs> like, like the ongoing Pulp Fiction yeah. chat that happens every day on Twitter. <laughs> it's silly, violent, nihilistic and pointless. Every character has the same way of talking, talking about clever things in that pseudo way <laughs> that only the director could possibly dream up. <clears throat> this is actually how it ends. Ooh, the talent. Pass. <laughs> Stop talking not, about clever things. Not totally. Uh, <laughs> and the last one, simply put, Pulp Fiction. I would I would not have said Pulp Fiction. Simply put, this is the silliest film I've ever seen. It puts Battlefield Earth and the Long Kiss Goodnight, spookily starring the two leads from this film, <laughs> firmly in the shadows. They look like rare vintage wines compared to this cheap plonk. Rare vintage wines. <laughs> Uh, good stuff. Right, but that is 5 nil to Joe. Here is the second film and the first review. <laughs> I can't believe it starts like this. A thoroughly nasty piece of work. <laughs> the film clearly falls into the love-hate category. I think it's one where either you like the principal idea of optimism or you detest the idea that life is simply handed to you and all you have to do is throw it away. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I have no They're idea. all as easy as the first one. Did you no. say, sorry, did you say this? Ha- there was a Chip and Dale related theme to these. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. I thought. I, I thought. Did I thought you were, yeah. <laughs> did I? You said you were inspired while watching Chip and Dale. Oh no! Yeah, no. I was just. What, there's absolutely no. Yeah, oh, put okay. that out of your mind. Because okay, right, right. I was wondering what the fuck Pulp Fiction had to do. <laughs> I assumed it was Didn't like a poster in the background, like it was a pun yeah. on it or something. Didn't you see the big drug drug overdose? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the gimp. <laughs> it wasn't a gimp. <laughs> Oh, um, God. Um, I have no idea. That one's a tough one. Yeah, keep going. A thoroughly nasty piece of work is a great. Actually, should I, I'll, I'll just, I should just have a should just have a guess, shouldn't I? Just in case, a thoroughly nasty piece of work. I'm gonna say, uh, raw. The film raw. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, no, no, Sin okay. City. <laughs> no, okay, that's a good shout. <laughs> okay, the next clue for four points. I fear for a society that adores and embraces a movie without looking beyond the surface. This movie is, at its core, a celebration of mediocrity. Sort of like the current popularity of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, <laughs> which lets the average person feel smart because they can answer easy questions. Jesus. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine being that person. A celebration of mediocrity. Clerks. It's probably... <laughs> it is not, no. Okay. I like that your mind even went there, though. That's what I like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I am. I do not like being on the other side of this game. A movie game. without looking beyond the surface is a celebration of mediocrity. Have you got anything, or shall I move on for three points? Yeah, move on. Yeah. Okay. There's, here's where the clues start coming. <laughs> what a load of sentimental nonsense! <laughs> I mean, really? How can we celebrate the unremarkable life of one tragic simpleton? I've heard one misguided fool remark that this was a truly great film, and that's why it won so many awards. Wait, is this Forrest well, Gump? It is Forrest <laughs> Gump. <laughs> oh. 
Well, if they presented awards for time-wasting, mediocre, <laughs> and uninspired, brainless drivel, then this would be the undisputed champion of the celluloid world. <laughs> three points there for Dale with Forrest Gump. Uh, the last two clues here are, this movie plain and simply was stupid. There were a couple of laughs... <laughs>, <laughs> There are a couple of laughs here and there, but it was carried by the soundtrack. It what? was like Dumb and Dumber with better music. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I love Forrest Gump. Has it got that much of a memorable soundtrack? It's uh, probably got the Rolling Stones got, in it yeah, quite got, a lot. Well, it carries on here. It tries to tackle every issue over the past 50 years. It's a slap in the face to anyone who lived through these years to try and bundle them all together. <laughs> Some people are mad. Um... And the last one was, this must be one of the most offensive movies ever oh, made. come on, mate. Come on. <laughs> and I am truly appalled at the central theme. Namely, that being stupid makes you a better person. That's not, that's that's not, not the, the moral of the story. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. <laughs> uh, I can't believe that Tom Hanks, surely the most overrated actor on the planet, won an Oscar for this pulp. <laughs> um, but imagine thinking Tom Hanks is overrated. What's he ever done to anyone? Uh uh, right, 5-3 to Joe with three films left. Damn right. Next film. It's it's not as boring as Fifty Shades of Grey, but it's just about as simplistic. Okay. There are two characters, plus a couple of others are hinted. I love the music, the acting was good, but the roles were not especially nuanced. Uh, La La Land? No. A couple of characters with others hinted. Mm, that's like probably a, a clue in clue. that one, yeah. Mm. No, it's not as boring as Fifty Shades of Grey. Either, that's, that's <laughs> I just don't think of films that come out around that yeah, period. Anything yeah, that's opinion here is kind of uh, you can throw out the window. I think <laughs> the opinions often wrong. Uh, if you've got nothing, I'll move on. Yeah, I feel like okay. that's a massive clue I'm missing. Yeah, for four points. There's only one thing worse than a ludicrous, shallow, artificial movie. And that's a ludicrous, shallow, artificial movie that everyone seems to adore. Oh, no. God. <laughs> uh, even worse, the finale leaves us with this unmistakable message. Sadistic leadership is the way to greatness. Don't take your kids to see this. So is it, is it a kids film, then? A kids film that even came out worse, behind the time of Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Even worse, the finale leaves us with this unmistakable message. Sadistic leadership is the way to greatness. Again, I don't think that's what the moral okay, of these yeah, films yeah, are. <laughs> don't take sadistic your kids Sadistic leadership and take your kids to it. <laughs> I think they're very confused. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not going to work out well for us, is it? <laughs> I would love if someone who listens to this podcast wrote one of these reviews. Oh, that'd be like, so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Finding Dory. I was just thinking <laughs> The Lion King <laughs> on the same track. Shall I move on for, yeah. for, three, for three points? Where in the world would anyone be able to get away with treating students like this? It's utterly crap, and I cannot whiplash. believe it is even given... It is whiplash. Oh. Don't take You're your so kids to La La it. La <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's good advice, probably. You know, yeah. Six, five Fucking today. wild. <laughs> also, to come out of that film and think that it's siding with J.K. Simmons is completely <laughs> insane. <laughs> yeah, it, I think you'll find it, uh, yeah, sadistic leadership is a way to greatness. <laughs> mm, <yeah. laughs> um, 
Uh, the next clue would have been amazingly unrealistic. If the instructor, <laughs> if the instructor is that good, why isn't he gigging? <laughs> uh, I mean, he is. At he the end does of the in the film. Fuck me. And the last one for the whiplash was: How on earth does this get such high ratings? It's horrible, slow and boring, drumming and screaming. That's all it is. <laughs> what uh, a waste of time! Only it is a lot of drumming and screaming. That should be the name of the film. That's a good name. <laughs> <laughs> Only gave it one star because the drumming was pretty good. I feel oh, like yeah, that's the name. That's the name of like the parody version starring Will Ferrell is drumming and screaming. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I need to watch, I might watch that film this week. I watched it recently watch it actually, while. about a month ago. Oh, it's very good. Mm. Speaking of Miles Taylor. Okay, 6-5 with two films to play. 6-5 mm. to Dale, that is. Next film. Unfortunately, this film has tried to do, uh, has tried to build up tension and has gone too far. Rather than waiting for something to happen while in while on the edge of our seats, we wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait and wait. Say that one again. Lost in translation. Go ahead. It's unfortunately this film has tried to build up tension and has gone too far. Okay, okay, that was the bit I missed. Sorry, I did stumble. I've had to change a couple of words not to give it away. Is what I will say. Yeah, yeah. You wait for something to happen. And you wait and wait and wait and wait. Fargo. No. Um, I'll just I'll go. No country for old men, just in case. No. Okay, for four points. I don't recommend you see it, but its vote of eight point two by other viewers might suggest otherwise. Okay. My personal opinion is that it was made in nineteen seventy nine, so people have just voted for it as a classic. Raging Bull. It deserves. It deserves nothing as a classic. <laughs> it's not Rage okay. The Godfather? 79. No. Or Alien. Let you guess. Alien. 72. It is Alien. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, famously, um, famously, um, wait famously a film with no payoff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's 10-5, so you do need a five point on the last one, Joe. Look, um, easy. Um, what else have we got? <laughs> for Alien. That one is particularly funny. I'll skip it. The next one. Dumb characters. Did they really put this crew in charge of a spaceship outside the solar system? Dumb <laughs> characters. Outside the solar system. <laughs> okay, uh, and the last one, and this is a fantastic review. <laughs> this I wish I could write with such a um, panache. Scott is a lousy director. A great visual artist, but not good at directing. <laughs> Giga is a degenerate who painted <laughs> monsters, who, who painted monsters and hellish images all his life, True. and the whole horror genre is by and large a pit of degeneracy. <laughs> this film is an effective horror and does Im- and does impress visually in many ways. Bear in mind, this is a one-star review. Um, it also has a memorable soundtrack. But at the end of the day, it is just nasty. And I'm sick and tired of nasty imagery poisoning my mind. Shove it down the toilet. <laughs> poisoning my mind? That's like quite a revelation about that person's mindset. Like they watch yeah, something I... a bit nasty. They're like, I've been poisoned! <laughs> what did they do next? Yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> don't yeah. watch Aliens. Um, right. Okay, you do need the first guess on this one, Joe, which I'm not going to lie... Might be difficult, but you never know. Come on. Last film. This movie is rotten to the core. Yes. It does not, 
<laughs> it does not entertain a sensible mind. Yes. <laughs> it just it it does not uplift. It has no humour, no fun, no moral. It is morbid, depressing, meaningless. But it's not meaningless like say life. Life's meaningless has a depth. It is somber. <laughs> the meaningless of this movie is like a small child killing a white rabbit. Wanton, senseless rabbit. <laughs> Love it. They're like, life, actually... four out of ten. <laughs> this film, one out of ten. Um, so all you really know that this film is rotten to the core <laughs> and it's not entertain um, a sensible mind. The road. It has no humour. No. Oh. I'm going to no go fun. Requiem for a Dream. Oh, that's a good show. No, yeah. but that is, that, is a, that is a grim watch, isn't it? I've never I think watched sadly, it Joe. because I think it would be like killing a white rabbit. <laughs> um, sadly, that does mean I think Dale's going to win the game. That's but fine. I'm fine with that. I, I like Next clue. Dale. Oh, thanks. Next, next clue. I came out of this film wanting to throw a... My- <laughs> Some of these are ridiculous. I came out of this film wanting to throw myself under the nearest bus. Oh, it wow. was it was a review it was instead. If, I know. It was <laughs> if everyone involved was making with making this film had spat in my seat. <laughs> my seat. <laughs> oh, that my old, seat. oh, that old expression. Yes. Spat in my seat. <laughs> oh, I'm sucking were... all this spit from multiple people. <laughs> If this film were in any way critical of the human capacity for the sheer unbridled brutality which it portrays, Whoa. I might forgive it. Mm, brutality. <laughs> we're really just a repeat in the point of the last one there, but it was funny. Brutality. I mean, it is a grim film, clearly. Yeah, it's a grim... It, with not a lot of lightness in it. So okay. Yeah. okay, so, all right, that changes my answer. Um, I don't know. Drive. Oh no! Saw. No, we move on for three points. This movie is almost unwatchable because of the pornographic use of violence. Religious sellers will let their kids watch violence while insisting that they avoid sex. So these kind of movies get elevated to academy stature. It's symptomatic of the American psyche. We would rather let our kids kill someone than have too much sex. Okay. That's overstated, but you get the point. <laughs> That's really horny. <laughs> I don't know what's going um, on. They even admitted they overstated it. Academy status violence. Clockwork Orange? No. Hereditary? No. These are these, are, these are good films, aren't they? So I'm, I'm trying to yeah, get all the crap yeah. ones like Hostel out of my head. Mm. Yeah, these are all good films. Like, it's not the human centipede. <laughs> uh, right, next clue. <laughs> For two points. The film is utterly disconnected from the realities of a major criminal investigation. Hmm. We're expected to believe that NYPD... This film, by the way, is not set in New York, so I don't know what they're (laughs) We're expected to... (laughs) We're expected to believe that the NYPD would assign only two homicide detectives to what is clearly a serial killer. It It is seven. (laughs) I was just flying towards the mic. (laughs) Uh, We're expected to believe they would only assign two homicide detectives to what is clearly a serial killer. In the real world... Dozens of detectives would be assigned. The FBI brought in. Crime scenes would have their lights turned on instead of melodramatic and never-ending uses of torches. I mean, they got a point there. (laughs) I don't know if they have a point about the movie Seven. I don't think it's really trying to show you the realism of this situation. But in a crime scene, they would turn the lights on. They wouldn't just leave it dark and dingy. They do. They do occasionally. Do they? Um, 
And instead of following like Hansel and Gretel, the crumbs the killer has left them, they would be following the real leads. <laughs> <laughs> what real leads? Those aren't the leads. Yeah. Oh, some people. How can you give seven or one star? I mean, it might be too much for some people. I get that. Yeah. But it is yeah. grim, to be fair. But um, last and is the, last... the worst. But you know, um, as in one the of the last... worst things I've ever seen oh, on yeah, the screen. It's grim. Um, yeah, okay. that's two more points. That is 12-5 to Dale. But here's the last one-star review today, and it is of seven. Strap in, because it's a good one. Wow. There are a lot of bad films out there. But even with the worst of the worst, there is some redeeming quality. Like that neato big wave in The Perfect Storm. <laughs> 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 but this, the acting is flat. Brad Pitt's opening lines seem like they're coming from someone acting for the first time. His moaning at the end, when he gets his special gift, just seemed pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, pathetic well, man with the realisation that his wife is going to be dead. Oh, oh, so pathetic. for the end of seven. Yeah, so, you know, you should, you should have seen this. Oh, God. There we go. What, what? The minds of other people will never fail to entertain me. But there we go. Um, enough for enjoyable endless search. <laughs> Um, Do we have a name for that good. game, by the way? We need a name. Oh, we might have a couple of weeks ago, and I've completely... Uh, completely Joe, forgotten. come up with a name right now. Yeah. Well, it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't P- didn't, wasn't it called PG Tits or something? And uh, I didn't like that. That was, that's that was what good. last week... The week before, when we originally played it, it was called Tiles. I can't remember. Let's it's a, call it... Um, you... Uh, uh, once, something once. Yeah, it's got to be one star, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, um... There must one star I, I, to rule them. No, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Anyway, why don't we why don't we have some feedback which you can uh, which you can always send to ign underscore uk feedback at ign dot com. A reminder: me, Joe, and Matt are planning to do a little Elden Ring spoiler cast special at some point. Mm-hmm. Do send in your questions and queries if you have any about the game uh, to that email address, and we'll do that probably not next week. The week after is when. Uh, pencil it in roughly to do it expect it in the next few weeks is what we're saying and always send in your grave digging stories we've oh, yeah. got a few now we we haven't got enough quiet for a full special but maybe we'll have to do a shorter special at some point because mm. there's just not as many grave diggers out there as you'd hope but or there there's go. not enough that listen to this podcast yeah that's probably yeah, yeah. the crossover no I think there's only eight grave diggers I think that's what we've discovered <laughs> yeah. they've got a lot of work <laughs> on they're not time to listen to podcasts <laughs> Anyway, what feedback have we got this week? Uh, this one's from Rob Holiday, which is a cool name. Hi guys, love the podcast. Right on the edge of your 10 year requirement, but this year I played Fallout New Vegas for the first time. So th- is this in reference to like classic games? We were saying yeah, last week, we were saying, uh, classic games you've played recent or replayed recently, uh, and we said they had to be older than 10 years. Okay. Yeah. Uh, loved it, despite typical Bethesda flaws, but I don't consider these age-related issues, just the general buggy natures of their games. The story and faction alliance aspects are brilliant, with intellectual depth and giving genuine pause for thought. By the end, I honestly felt like it had fewer bugs and more polished graphics than it would deservedly be... Oh, sorry. By the end, I honestly felt like if it had fewer bugs and more polished graphics, it would deservedly be in the best of all time conversations. Hope that's of interest to you. Would be interested in your guys' thoughts, Rob. My, my main thought: Matthew Perry from Friends is in it, so it's great. Um, is he? Yeah, he plays like I that dude that. right near the start in the checkered jacket. 
Ah. Um, I remember really uh, loving that game, but I'm struggling to remember a lot about it, except for Hell's Kaiser. <laughs> That's the mm, one thing that sticks in my mind. I um, I think it's probably an unfashionable opinion now. I still think Fallout 3 is better, personally. I prefer Fallout 3 to New Vegas. I understand why people mm. like Vegas more, of the faction stuff being very interesting but yeah something about the world the three and the story i enjoyed a lot more and it you know i'm taking liam neeson over matthew matthew perry personally oh that's but, good you know. yeah um, I, I think it was the right. endings thing right there's a lot there's a lot more variety and uh selection of it, the it, endings it, in it, Vegas. it deals with like your choices in your like minor mm. choices in quests so well like it, it really it, it really still does feel like quite unique in in how much yeah particularly for you know a fully animated game like you can do that kind of stuff in text text stuff quite mm-hmm. much more yeah. simply um yeah. but yeah it's so uh, very good games i think yeah it's kind of incredible i will without revisiting either recently i would say that new vegas probably does hold up better because looking back at fallout 3 is one of the most muddy oh, games yeah. i can remember seeing so that game could do with some sort of remaster but uh yeah there we go um i've got an email here from marco hutchins it says hi IGN, he actually said, hey, I've misquoted, unforgive for me. (laughs) Hey, IGN UK crew, I'd imagine because of your jobs, you don't just play one single game for too long before trying out something else. I've been playing Elden Ring since launch, and even after 130 hours, I'm loving it and feel like there's huge areas of the map left to explore. I know it's going to end eventually, but for now, I wish it could last forever. What's the last game you wish lasted forever? If it weren't for your job, are there any games you would have kept playing for much longer? You're, you're kind of right. We do have to jump around between games, but when it's a special game like Elden Ring, me and Joe definitely uh, played that through to completion. Yeah. But um, yeah, um, a game that you wish lasted forever. I mean, the one my my favorite game is Red Dead Two. Mm. If every week there was a new quest to do in that, I would play that game for absolutely ever. I think that's my des. Like, if anyone asks you what's your Desert Island game, if it didn't have internet, I'd pick Red Dead Two. I think just because. I could ponder around that world forever, I think. Um, I'm replaying Cyberpunk again right now. Like, I spent a ridiculous mm. amount of hours in that the first time around, despite issues. Uh, but this time, obviously, those issues are, are not as uh, prevalent. So, um, mm. and I just do love, like, that is my, like, I put on Evil Dead the other day and I played the tutorial. And I was like, I'm not sure if I'm feeling this. I just went back to pop Cyberpunk and just, I'm going to run around, do a few gigs, do a few missions. I just love being in that world and, playing that game like i'm not that bothered about the story aspect of it just be the environment is so much fun to be around i think i, I mm. do think i could go back to that now i like because mm. i just stopped fully on when it yeah. came out i was just like no this is this is not working i crash all the time and i yeah. think going back to it with the proper patch might be because i'm kind of mm. at a loss for what to play I would, tunic it is very good. i would say the main story stuff i find like quite dull like going through those missions like because they're boring missions because they're go to this place and talk to this person mm. and then hear what fucking Keanu's got to say for another 20 minutes. Whereas if you choose random gigs, it's always like, there's this one person in this building, you've got to get them out. You can take the stealth approach, you can take this approach mm. and then you can use it. Like those are so much more fun, especially like the build I've got is a pure hacker build. So I can, from a distance, like almost watchdog style, hack into the camera network, go around and just like absolutely murder everybody without even stepping foot in the building sometimes. And it's really fun. That's pretty mm-hmm. good uh yeah i i mean it's so easy but just breath of the wild like yeah. i played that for so long and i would just want want more of it loads of it you're getting another one soon 
not soon enough, mate. Not soon enough. Oh, um, I'm sorry. But yeah. Uh, that, but to be fair, there's very few... Like, even by the end of Elden Ring, I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm done with this. Like, I, mm. I toyed with the idea of going into New Game Plus, and then I was like, you know what? I don't actually think I need to play all this again. Uh, there are so few games I've ever replayed. Um, yeah. It's just not the way I, I mean, do stuff. I mean, one game that I do wish goes on forever, and luckily it does go on forever, is actually linked to our next email, which is Football Manager. Oh, oh that's good there you go. This... Is from Stephen Horsley. He says, Hi folks. First off, love the podcast. It's a highlight of my Friday and or weekend. Why are you waiting till the weekend, mate? Do we on Wait. Friday? Boost <laughs> he our said stats. Friday and weekend. And Should or we make the self-destruct weekend. podcasts if you don't listen to it by midnight on Friday. It deletes. You're out. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right, mate. Don't worry about That's it. This is a question mainly for the firm. Or the members uh, thereof. That's oh, us. You're lucky. Lucky this week. You got us. I've been re-listening to It's Football Day recently. Like, a lot. <laughs> uh, how much? Yeah. How, how much can you Stephen, listen to that? you're ill. <laughs> Please oh, go if to If you hospital. don't know, um, I imagine... I think we have actually anecdotally picked up a lot of new listeners in the last two years. Mm. So um, if you don't know what It's Football Day was, uh, me and Dale and Joe did... Was it like six or eight episodes, or was it... I can't remember so how we did a couple of specials as well, didn't we? We did that yeah. draft special where you said Deli Ali was going to be playing uh, for yeah. England in the in the Euros. Do you remember that? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he did play in a World Cup semi final. I mean, I wasn't too Euro- far off. Yeah, there well, yeah. yeah. I believe we had Phil Foden starting for England in our. We US did. Oh, I remember at the time I, was a bold shout. I remember yeah. being told by my, this. We're off off topic just for a second, though. <laughs> yeah. Just sort of get this out. Remember we did the World Cup in, uh, the Euros in Football Manager with yeah. uh, the Football Ramble commentating and they yeah. made fun mm. of us putting Declan Rice in the England team. Did they? And now yeah. look at they them. look like, like second crazy name on the team people. Sheet. Anyway, yeah. uh, It's Football Day, yes, was a sub-podcast that we did yeah. um, where we played Football Manager and just talked about it. Um, yeah. That was it. Uh, <laughs> and it, it was a only fun for us, and even only that for a short time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, I've been listening to Football Day recently, like a lot, more than I should. I don't know why. I've never been into football. That's weird. That's wild. But listening to (laughs) Dale, Cardi and Joe wax lyrical about their teams and their general enthusiasm for the game slash sport has got me interested. Wow. And seeing as it's free on Game Pass right now, I thought I'd give it a try. That is a good reason to try. Absolutely. My dilemma. I've never played a football game in my life, let alone a football manager one. Do you have any recommendations for someone starting out that's never played before? Are there any teams you'd recommend or newbie mistakes to avoid? Oh, Number one. There's so many. Play, if you, Go on. I would say if you can, and I know they're not free on Game Pass, but try playing the touch or mobile ones because they yes. are significantly simpler They'll and will introduce you, you to the game a little better. Do you understand the game of football? Like... As well, because I feel like you need to understand the fundamentals of the sport to enjoy the game. You can, I think you can. Here's here's one thing I'd say: if you're playing it on Game Pass on PC, then you can get into like downloading tried and tested tactics. That's true. And training mm. regimes, so you can. So there are big database sites. Uh, I think there's like Sort It Out SI, FM, FM, FM Scout, Scout FM Base, um, <laughs> that offer downloadable stuff um and you can you can sort them by ratings and you can find stuff like tactics and training methods and stuff that people Mm. have basically used for dozens of seasons and worked out this basically works um so basically what you want to do 
and this is the problem if you literally know nothing about football this will be really fucking hard <laughs> I know, but right. if you can work out your best players on your team because it is a set of numbers so if you put in enough time to just read yeah. the numbers and work out you treat it like an people, rpg yeah, yeah and then get those players and go okay so i need four defenders five midfielders one striker or whatever then find a tactic that fits that then you'll have a much better time than trying to work out football also, tactics for the first time. Football in your manager life. is great as well at letting you toggle as much and as little as you want for mm. your assistant manager to do. So mm, if you want, true. all you really have to worry about is picking a team for match day and letting the match go. Like you can handle, tr- like you can let your assistant take training, scout. Like you can not have to worry about the financials. Like you can, there's you can choose to do as much or a little in that game as you want. I will say a good place to start. I always like starting in the championship which is the second level of English football, mm-hmm. if you didn't know. Um, I'm currently in the year 2028. 20, I started as Nottingham Forest, uh, and I've brought them. I've got them in the Champions League already. I'm playing a uh, Antonio Conte uh, wing-back 5-2-1-2 uh, formation, oh. um, and I'm doing very well with it. Um, like, it's tough with the Championship, though, because, like, there's so many teams on there that have got no, they haven't got two pennies to rub together. Whereas there are a few where you got a bob or two. So like, you know, exactly. it, like maybe. That's what, that's what Forest were good. Forest Fulham's good almost too easy. Um, yeah. But this is it. I was going to say, just pick. PSG. Pick. Well, but pick like <laughs> PSG, Barcelona, Real Madrid, someone with loads mm-hmm. of money. And so for even just to play a season so that mm-hmm. you di- you're likely going to win lots of matches and you can tinker without with with tactics and work out how that stuff works without just automatically failing because you're getting stuff wrong because you do just have better players than everyone else. Will the game have been updated for Newcastle yet? Has that happened? Uh, yeah, they will have. So yeah, they might be a good shout because they're not necessarily the best team right now, but you're going to uh, have resources to go you, with. Um, yeah, if you really want to, <clears throat> if you want that weight of uh, morality on your shoulders, <laughs> yeah. you could do that. Um, but like, it's worth pointing out, quest. like, scouting and transfers <laughs> is the best part of Football Manager. Yes, yeah, exactly. Buying the players. And the, uh, my number one tip for that is um, when you start a new game, go to when you're searching for players, do sort by... Uh, and do a filter sort by expired contracts and you'll see oh, everyone yeah. available on a free get some 37 year old brazilians or argentinians in there another tip is probably about eight months into your first season or your first summer or well, second summer transfer window go to brazil and argentina yeah. and find all the south american wonder kids yeah. you can find the way to do that though isn't by going to like brazil under 18s you want to go through every team in um so say start flamengo in the brazilian league go to the, you want to sort um by age so you find the youngest ones at the top and then see who's got the potential mm. and snap up every 17 year old brazilian and argentinian you can basically do you not use your scouts to do a lot of that I do it myself. Yeah. I trust my eyes. I don't trust my scouts. No, I, I get my scouts reports and then if they've got potential ability of like four stars. Oh, I, I, find them, I find them myself and then get a, yeah. a report in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say, you don't, yeah. you don't have the thing turned on where the stats aren't masked, do you? No. I was going to no, say. No. I'm, 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 I'm not a cheater. <laughs> How dare you say a cheater for my Also, um, I don't know if this... Disgusting accusation. I play the mobile version. So I don't know if this is still prevalent on the main one, but... January 1st, when all those six-month contracts are expiring, you can offer oh, contracts, yeah. oh, get yeah. everybody you can, and then even if you don't want to keep them, just put them, transfer list them immediately and people will buy them, and it's like free money. Easy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Playing the system. There you go. There are some beginner tips for Magic. I'm sure 
some people will be overjoyed with talking about football manager again, and some people will have turned off already. Um, there we go. It was a, a fun episode. As usual, send in your feedback to IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Um, watch Chippendale this weekend. Watch Top Gun next week. That's my advice for you. Um, music. We had Top Gun last week, so what I'm thinking is, very sadly yesterday, Vangelis, the legendary film composer, died. Mm. Should we have some of his Blade Runner score on? Yeah. Or the Chippendale theme tune. Which is it? Which were we getting? Have some bloody <laughs> respect. To be fair, the other good thing about Chippendale is it opens with Friendship by Tenacious D, which is fucking brilliant. Uh, Have some but, bloody but, but respect. But put on here, all right. <laughs> uh, see you next week. I guess so. the name Mary Queen of Scots and maybe you know the importance of her legacy to the British monarchy but how much do you know about her life and what she was really like for instance did you know that she preferred to have her eggs scrambled or that giving gifts was her love language in my podcast Vulgar History we'll be talking about all that and more during an eight-part mini-series about the fascinating life of Mary Queen of Scots Vulgar History is a feminist women's history comedy podcast where we don't shy away from the messy complicated lives of women from the olden times Particularly with women in history, it's easier to use broad strokes to portray who they were. And it's like we forget they probably also had messy lives, complicated relationships, and maybe things weren't as black and white as they might seem in a textbook. But I'm dedicated to sharing the sides of the stories we don't always hear. And each episode is supported by rigorous historical research. Turns out there's really something about Mary Queen of Scots. So be sure to turn into my series about Mary Queen of Scots and check out the other incredible women I've talked about while you're there. You can listen and subscribe to Vulgar History wherever you get your podcasts and learn more at vulgarhistory.com.